Welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. And Tracy just made a very specific request from you, Val, before <laughs> we went on the air. He wanted to get your quick thoughts slash review of Morbius that came out a couple weeks ago now when this episode drops. Right. And yeah, I'm going to so. do some shameless plugs really quick. If you oh, want to read, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but if you want to read my full review of Mor- Morbius, um, you can go to whatsseewithval.com. Uh, I will also, now that it's been out for a while, we'll, he- we'll push it over to our website as well. Because I know we, we don't like to spoil it um, right. Right for you. Away. We like to give you a couple of weeks. So, um, so Morbius, I gave it a B-. minus. Um, and my scoring um for me i thought jared leto did a great job at morbius i don't i've never read a single morbius comic so coming from that coming from that like i don't know what the expectations are but i do agree that jared leto is a great actor um i do like what they did with him and matt is it matt brown Matt Smith. Matt Smith. I knew it was some boring was name. Like a generic Ooh, name yeah. Matt Smith. Yeah. He is not generic at all, but Matt Smith from Doctor Who um, is in this movie and his character is very compelling as well. Also, there were some action scenes in this movie that I feel like um, I haven't seen. It's really hard, especially in comic book movies, to give me something new. <laughs> um, and I really think they strived to give us something new with these action fighting scenes in Morbius. Um, it is a dark movie. So mm-hmm. it's not like if, if you went to see Spider-Man and you're thinking, I want something just as upbeat. This is not upbeat. This is dark. Um, there are so, a few laughs. Most of them you've seen in the trailer. Um, but for me, it, it falls in the same line as Moon Knight because Moon Knight also is happening. Um, and I've seen the first four episodes mm-hmm. in that I really like the ideas of both of these stories and both of these characters. But I do think that both the Morbius movie and Moon Knight for me, you are not giving me enough to care enough about Mm -hmm. what I'm watching Mm -hmm. Um, and Morbius. And it is a short movie, which is great. It's not a three hour or two hour. Like it's, it's quick. The pacing is great. Um, But I want, a little bit more. I cared really about one character that dies in the movie. um, And I shouldn't, I don't know that I should have cared about that character as much as Mm -hmm. I did, but I do like that. This is a stepping point movie. They usually do that with Spider-Man where Spider-Man was always a stepping point into something else. Right. I feel like we're leading into the sinister six. Oh, for sure. With there, there are two scenes. There's a credit mid credit. And then an after credit, they both hold around the same story line. I thought they were kind of crap. I didn't think they were that great, but then just thinking about what they mean gets me excited. So that's why it's a B minus because it's just fine. It's fine. There were things about it that I thought were really cool visually. um, And I do think Jared Leto holds his own. Um, I do think Matt Smith holds his own um, for sure. Um, But I do think it was just not enough that I, that I care enough. I guess yeah. that's, a, that's a much nicer grade than a lot of the other local critics that I've read. I'm just a nicer person. <laughs> <laughs> true. This it's is interesting true. though. You brought, 
you mentioned that you hadn't ever read a Morbius comic and I, and I haven't either. And I think we're kind of getting to the point with some of these characters and some of these movies that they're doing now that we're kind of getting to some of these characters are, that people are less familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched, I've only seen the first episode of Moon Knight at the time that we're recording this. By the time yeah. that we record this, I'll have seen whatever's come out yeah. by that point. But I really enjoyed it. And part of it is I don't know the Moon Knight character very much at all. And so this is kind of my introduction to the character. Yeah. And now there may be people that are huge fans of Moon Knight. And I'm sure and there are. It has a big following. It I does. Looked. Yeah. And and they're probably whatever pulling their hair out about something in the show that doesn't hold true to the character. <laughs> and I get that. I get it. Because it doesn't matter what book or series well, or whatever that you're adapting to a movie. Is yeah, people, what's on the screen. People are going to be upset about what any any adaptation, and I understand that, and that's fine. But for me, because I don't know the character, I've really enjoyed the first episode. I think Oscar Isaac's really good <clears throat> as this character, and and that's what's intriguing about some of these movies that are coming out now is they still kind of have that superhero type feel to it in a different way. I mean, Moon Knight's a very different superhero than Spider Man or Iron Man, but there's still that comic book movie feel with characters that I'm just not familiar with. So I feel like I'm experiencing what a lot of people right. experienced with the MCU when Iron Man came out, who didn't know Iron Man at all. And yeah. I, I think that's fun. Well, and I feel me. like both Moon Knight and Morbius, because most of our superhero movies, it's the conflict with themselves. Like Iron Man had a huge conflict with himself, but Morbius and Moon Knight have literal conflicts with the other person that they are. And they both came out at the same time mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because you have, you have Moon Knight who literally is, is two different people in the conflict of how do we both exist? Um, and do I ex- exist without you? And then you have Morbius that without, you know, without being this other thing, he, he will die, you know? So how do you recompense those situations? And I thought it was, you know, I don't know if it was, brilliant or not that they had them both come out at the same time because they're similar um things they're both also more violent and more dark in my mind um you'll get into moon knight and you'll realize if there's a little more adult violence oh sure um in moon knight but the same with morbius there are some beautiful shots of Moon Knight that is very comic book as he's running across the rooftops that you haven't gotten to yet that I was just like, like (laughs) I I don't need, I haven't seen the comic, but that's what it looked like. And it was beautiful. It's like in the Spider-Man scene when all the, all three Spider-Man jump off, you know, and they like that comic book, like cover. Mm -hmm. There Mm -hmm. are some moments in Moon Knight that are, you know, amazing. Um, but I, I definitely want to talk to you guys in a few weeks and maybe we'll bring in, um, you know, Ty to really get into what you guys think about moon Knight because I have some, I have some things, but I can't, I can't, I can't bring them up yet. yet. (laughs) I also have an issue and maybe I shouldn't, should I have an issue that there's only six episodes? Like if there wasn't enough story line to have eight, should, should we have the story yet? Like, I don't, I just feel like when you get, when you get to episode three, I feel like you might feel the same. And that could be But episode four then changes things. So, so I, okay. I think, I can see it both ways, right? Like, okay, if there's not enough material there for eight episodes, then should you make this a series? But at the same time, I kind of appreciate that if there's not enough material for eight episodes, don't give me two filler episodes that star the Mandalorian instead of Boba Fett. (laughs) Like, if there's not enough material there, don't don't do it. 
But I, I almost, yeah, I definitely, I don't want to put anything into your minds, but I definitely would like to revisit this when sure. the series is over. We'll bring Ty on so that he can tell us all about the intricate life of Moon Knight and the things yes. that we don't know. I know, know. he's much more familiar <laughs> with Moon Knight than I am. I and just I... love how he makes me appreciate all of these yeah. stories more because he's so knowledgeable. This little 12-year-old knows everything. <laughs> yeah. He's well, just so I just can't believe his knowledge. Like, yeah. it's just he knows so much. Like, I almost don't want to make an opinion on something until then I talk to him about it. And then he points out all the things that I'm like, my mind is blown. And I'm like, oh, I do like this more than I thought I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, speaking of superheroes and people with amazing stories, let's talk about Ashton's favorite son, Edward Bloom, in the movie Big Fish, because he basically was a superhero. If, if these stories like are true. Was. I yeah. feel like he was. Yeah. So Big Fish is directed by Tim Burton. Came out, I believe, in 2003. Um, and we have Obi-Wan Kenobi starring <laughs> as a young dad. Uh, or the younger version of Albert Finney. Um, yeah. Which, both of them do an amazing job in this film. Albert Finney's especially, a, a huge especially talent. Especially when you have the, the 70s haircut yes. of, of him. I'm like, you could become Albert Finney and I would totally buy that. And and what's amazing, this is what I will say about Ewan McGregor. Yes, I know Obi-Wan's real name. <laughs> but this is what I will I say so. about him. He can make any bad haircut look good oh, somehow. The yeah. 70s haircut, the mm -hmm. mullet he sports in episode two. Like, there were a lot of problems with episode two, but his mullet was not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he it's makes just all the bad hair look good. Like he yeah. has been in a lot of movies where they've given him some crap hair. Oh yeah, and he still looks good. But I mean, how how is how much how nervous must he have been to be like, okay, so there's this movie, Big Fish. Mm -hmm. Tim Burton, who was directing everything cool at the time, mm -hmm. um, is the director. But you're gonna play Albert Finney, like a young Albert yeah. Finney. Like for me, I would have been like, yeah, actor, I might need uh, to think about this because uh -huh. this could go really great or it could go really, really bad. And this is one of those movies I feel like, same with Quiz Show that we did last week, not a lot of people pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And there are two just hidden gems oh, for of sure. movies. Like I love this movie. And when I bring it up to people and I just assume everybody has seen it, they're like, I don't even know what that is. And I'm like, how? How do you not know? <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. I know we are nowhere near this point, and I'm not going to give you my grade for the movie yet. But I will <laughs> say this: you know, Tim Burton is one of my favorite directors. Right. In my opinion, Big Fish is the best movie that he's ever made. I I would lean towards I, that. Yes. I agree with you. And so, I just I love this movie. It's it's just one of my favorites that I've you know, Tracy. Last week you mentioned Quiz Show was in your top twenty of all time. This is up there for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Well, and the thing is, is that's, you know, you, everyone says a, a good actor is someone who disappears on screen into their part, right? You know, there's a lot of movies where I can see Sandra Bullock as Sandra Bullock. And then she's had right. movies where I don't see Sandra Bullock. I see her. Um, and I think the reason why I love this movie so much, and it's so contradictory, <laughs> I'll say it, is because I love when I know a movie is a Tim Burton movie because it has his signature on it. Oh, but I yeah. feel like in this movie, I love it even more because I keep forgetting that it's yeah. a Tim uh, Burton movie. He is, disappears this, 
into uh-huh. and lets the material shine on its own. And there is a time and a place for a Tim Burton signature, right? Oh, for but sure, I think right. he knew and he controlled himself to know that this story, and there are like you kind of there are moments that are these odd moments. Oh, yeah. But it's not like punching you in the face right. that Tim Burton right. did that. He let the mm-hmm. story be its own oddity. Um, and so I think that's why it's my favorite Tim Burton film. It's interesting because um, there's there's a moment toward the end of this film where Dr. Bennett is talking to Will and he says, do you want to know the story about the day you were born? And Will's like, yes, I've heard my dad's version, but I want to know what really happened. And so he's like, yeah, your mom came in. It was about three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, everything went smoothly. You were about a week early, but there were no complications and your dad was away at business, but that was fine dads weren't in the room usually and that was the story he's like isn't the one your dad tells more interesting and to me that captures a lot of what i feel like tim burton does as a filmmaker he tells us a lot of truths in the movies that he makes he tells us stories that are true in what they're saying what the message that they're conveying all sorts of things but doesn't he tell it in a more entertaining way than just being like, <laughs> oh, you should not judge a book by its cover or you should appreciate this. He tells it in a much more inter- interesting way. And I feel like that moment kind of captures who Tim Burton is as a movie maker, even though I agree Val, this doesn't feel this doesn't hit you over the head with the Tim Burtonness, Right. Right. Like uh, like a, a Beetlejuice or like a Pee-wee's Edward Scissorhands or. Uh, Sweeney Todd like this is much mm-hmm. more it's it's spice and flavor throughout that makes you feel like oh this is a Tim Burton movie but it's not over the top and there's so much heart this movie is just like it, it give you have feels from the first moment that the movie starts like you have feels um, and I think you know even more the second time and the third time that you watch it um, but it's just also just so fun to watch you know like you could you could shut the uh sound off to the film and just watch what's happening mm-hmm. and it's so much fun to just watch what's going on well and like yeah. i would you mcgregor is just such a good actor and i love the fact that he can pull off just about any accent in the in the hands of a lesser actor that mm-hmm. accent would have been a joke yeah and yet somehow you're like oh it's endearing you know it's yeah. kind of folksy southern and to hear this Scottish guy doing that <laughs> is so great. And it's so natural. Like it's, yeah. a, it's unbelievable really. Yeah. And it, I'll tell you the, the, I, I love his Expedia commercial, which sounds so weird. <laughs> and he's talking about how, are we going to remember the stuff that we bought? And, but then I love the line where he's like, or the places we're going to go. And the way he's like, oh, yeah. 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 I don't believe that I have heard this Expedia commercial. Oh, I'm going to have to go searching for it. It, it <laughs> premiered during the Super Bowl and now it's been on a few times. Oh, but see, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. So, uh, but he, he does such a good job. And the way he does the accent, the way he plays this character just oozes with charisma. Uh-huh. And, and he's just so likable. And it's weird because you watch the movie and at first you're getting, I mean, it's all from Will's point of view, like he, how he views his dad and he, you know, but it's through his dad telling the stories and the whole time you're thinking, I should really hate this guy because he basically leaves his wife to raise his son and he's never home and he's completely absent in his life. And 
makes up all these stories, but you don't. You love him throughout the whole stinking movie. Yeah. And then at the end, you find out that you really should because he was a pretty decent guy. Spoilers yeah. if you haven't seen it, but it's also been almost 20 years. So, <laughs> well, and, and it's interesting. I haven't seen this in years, um, probably closer to when it came out. And to, to watch it now, and I, I think we've talked about it a little bit, is I had a very estranged um, situation with my dad for a long, 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 long time. And to a certain extent, we still do. Um, I love the line. This is a completely different movie, but I love the line from City Slickers where the the one lady is complaining about how all the guys always talk about sports. And the guy looks at her and says, you know, in the worst of times with my dad, we could still talk about sports. And, mm-hmm. and I get that. And so to see this guy who's struggling with his dad and when he says the line, like, I don't really even know you. And I get that. Like, I feel that. And I've made bridges and we've made uh, inroads, but I'm not especially close with him. Like he wasn't my hero growing up. And so, um, so that really hit me on a different level tonight or yesterday, which was, which was really nice. Um, I've seen this movie a lot Mm -hmm. and I had no idea until this show that Ruthie, cute little Ruthie was played by Miley Cyrus. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like I had no, oh, I, I've wow. seen her in almost everything uh-huh. and I had no idea that this little Ruthie was wow. Miley Cyrus. It was one of her first roles, mm. but oh the cast, God. the cast of this movie, cause Bill Crudup is one of my favorite actors and he's kind of been, you know, in and out of the spotlight, yeah. you know, throughout the years and some really big always, movies. And then he's always on the edge of the spotlight though. Like, well, he was in that, he was in the running movie um, about Nike Right. Um, which was, I thought, just so great. And now he's in um, The Morning Show, uh, mm. which is such a good series. Um, but yeah, he's yeah he's always just kind of over here. And yeah. you're like, he's so good. <laughs> and then he goes away for a long time. And then he comes back. But in this movie, it was during the time where he was, I really thought he, you know, was going to be kind of a bigger thing, but I do, he's done some great movies. He is a great actor, but I think Mm -hmm. he does such a great job opposite uh, Finney in this movie as, because I believe him. Mm -hmm. Like he really, really wants to like his dad, but at the same time, he doesn't want to let himself like his dad because of all of these stories that he's created in his mind as well. When his dad has created all these other stories, <laughs> they're very much similar, but he's trying to be exactly opposite of who his dad was. And, it, and in doing that, he's almost alienating his wife. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's just kind of the story of ac- accepting where you came from mm-hmm. and who you are is kind of more important than, than, like really knowing, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting. Um, I, I am always drawn to stories about the relationship between father and son. And I really like like field of dreams is another one that I really like for that reason and mm-hmm. things like that. And when I watch this, Tracy, I'm reminded of growing up. I felt a lot like the young will where like when his dad would tell those stories, his dad was like his, his hero and and everything else. And then as he got older and realized none of them could be true and that kind of disillusionment. And I feel like that's how my relationship has gone a lot with my dad is mm. I think when I was younger, he was like this guy that could do no wrong. And now that I've gotten a little bit older and I've seen a more 
as an adult and and things like that i can see kind of some of those holes in his mm-hmm. in his armor and i can see some of those cracks and whatever and and i think there that is a struggle it has been for me and i think it can happen with anybody where you have a hero somebody that you look yeah. up to and then you start to realize but it, none of it was true mm-hmm. or big portions of it weren't true and then how do you reconcile that and and i don't know i mean there's still find love on the other side yeah and i think that that can be hard hard thing yeah well i think the funeral was such a great moment because he's trying to figure out what's true what's not true and then he starts you know seeing all these people show up that are the characters in the story so like a big part of what he was saying he experienced Mm -hmm. but he just made it a story that he wanted his life to be because he was just this on the road salesman guy. Right. right? Right. And so when you live this life that you didn't think that was going to be yours, what's the harm in making it better? You know, like, you know, it's just, it, you know, and then some people like, well, it's a huge harm. And I don't, you know, I think, I just think we all have the stories in our head of what we want Mm -hmm. our lives to be and what we want others to remember. Right. Um, and then we have the things that are actually happening, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, it's just, it's, it beca- it's so like magical and like fairy tale, like, but at the same yeah. time we can all relate to it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. every single one of us. Mm-hmm. I, I love where he, when he discovers the deed to Jennifer Hill's house and he has, he has built up in his mind that where my dad was really going was this second family somewhere. Mm-hmm that he loved more than me, that he loved more than my mom. And, and he thinks he's found it when he finds this deed in Specter, Alabama, because that was one of the prominent places that his dad talked about. And when he goes and visits her and it leads up to that moment where she's telling the whole story of how he fixed everything up. And she tells it in a way that he would have told it to. Yes. Yeah. Shifting the house back and all this other stuff. And, and it just gets that moment where he goes to grab his hat off the hat, off the hook. And she's like, you know, you could just leave it there and moves in for the kiss. I'm like, oh, I remember watching that the first time no, being like, please no, don't like, no. I don't want everything to shatter here. I get that he's telling these tall tales and I don't, and there's, you know, truth behind it, whatever. And then it doesn't. And she's like, there are only two women to your father, your mom and everyone else. And nobody else could be what your mom was. And I was like, okay, good. I'm, I just, there are too many stories out there where it gets to that moment and you're like, realistically, cynically, I know that that's more often than not what's going to happen. But, right. And I like the stories where it doesn't. Yeah. Well, and I love Helena Bottom Carter's role in this. It's yes. so subtle, mm-hmm. but so like beautiful. You know, you, it's, and again, she is that secret that we all have locked away somewhere you know what i like that's what she represents she is the secret that's locked away in a place where probably nobody's gonna find it um and it's yeah i such a good role for her such a good role yeah subtle and amazing and i I think it's interesting i read too that um like right before they were getting ready to film this tim burton lost his father and you get kind of this melancholy, like there's melancholy in a lot of his films, like Edward Scissorhands is very melancholy, um, yet whimsical. And and you kind of get that in this, but it's like so mature. And it's interesting when certain things happen to you at certain points of your life and you're like, 
I don't know that he could have made this film back when he was doing Batman or, no. you know, some of those movies and Edward Scissorhands. And this is a different movie because he was a different director. And that really shines through on this for me. It, it does. And I think that this is the movie too, where that's where he solidly makes that transition from being this kind of quirky, weird director in everybody else's mind to Tim Burton's a serious filmmaker. And he mm -hmm. always should have been just because it's quirky and weird doesn't mean that it's not serious and amazing work. But like, I think everybody's, you know, he's kind of fringe, not totally mainstream. And then you watch something like this and you're like, no, he's amazing. And he yeah. can do basically whatever he wants. I was just thinking about um, all the hairdos that Obi-Wan Kenobi has had. And I remembered <laughs> this picture of us meeting Tom Holland. And I feel like oh, yeah. my hairdo is the same mullet as, <laughs> and it doesn't look good on me. And that's what I hate about this picture is that it is of all of my favorite people. And then I've got this mullet that I, forever for the rest you, of my life, I have this. Degree. You pulled that off. <laughs> no, so... no, you guys are great, but no. Oh, well, no. let's just, let's see who is going to come to FanX this year and we'll have to get a new photo. Yes. We'll get a new group photo. Yes. No, because, I'm gonna, I treasure this. I treasure this. But there's yeah. something that I hate about that photo, but we're not going to talk about it. And I'm going to move <laughs> on. My regret is we didn't ask Tom Holland to jump on Val's back. Like we almost have. I think he would have, but they were like, don't make any special requests. And I still almost did. And I wish I had, but yeah. yeah. And he probably would have. And now, now celebrities won't do it because that's too much touching. Yeah. Yeah. Although but, I think know. maybe we're shipping. Yeah, we are. It's like Disney going back to it, but I don't think there's any reason yeah. to what. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I think it's going to depend on the, on the celebrity. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, you can, you know, Disney world is and Disneyland are bringing back character meet and greet. Yep. So you can actually hug them and, um, I was saying it the other day. I was like, you can hug them and touch them and whatever. And that just sounded weird. So I mean, just <laughs> hug them and greet them. Give them a high five, shake their hand. Next time I'm with a character, I'm just going to go like this. Boop. Just and like, take a picture so I can be like, I'm touching them. Yeah. I'm touching them. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> to make it less creepy. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that's perfect. So, um, but no, I, I really. Big Fish is, is so good. And it is hard at the end because, like you said, Val, you get to the funeral and all of these people show up. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, so I how much of it? What was the fiction? What was the reality? Yeah. You know, and there and are I things that the, I picture. I love the shot of the two women. Yes. Together. And then because when you first see them, you think they're twins and then you realize they're conjoined twins. And then at the end, where he thinks, oh my gosh, they are conjoined twins and they just step away from each other. Yeah. That's really nicely done. Um, and when, when Carl gets out of the car and it's a giant, but he's still a giant and really tall, just not 15 feet tall. Right. Right. Um, Danny DeVito was still as short as he was in the story though. Yeah. Hey, speaking so. of hairdos, that is not a good look for Danny DeVito in this movie. I don't think it matters. I, I think we just yeah. expect him to. I know. I but say, is there, is there <laughs> a good look for Danny DeVito? I mean, I love Danny DeVito. He's so do incredibly I. talented. I love him. But, this with the mustache i'm like you look like ron jeremy and that's that totally took me out of it last i don't know who you're talking about i'm gonna need to google that um <laughs> i would not recommend kids at home 
to Google that. <laughs> Don't. Don't do that. <laughs> I only know him from news reports, but uh, yeah, um, that, that, that was just an unfortunate. Well, I mean, we do He's... get to see Danny DeVito's butt. The true, true. So it's kind of, it's kind of. I feel like we've seen Danny DeVito's butt a lot in movies and TV shows. Like, yeah. I would think that I would remember that more, but. Maybe you don't. Maybe your brain's trying to help you. (laughs) Push it down. But So this is, this is my own headcanon with Big Fish. Like I, I was thinking about Danny DeVito's character in particular, right? And in the story, he turns into a werewolf and we find out he's a real person. He's real. And, and when Edward kind of plays with him that night and keeps him from hurting anybody, that's when he finally gives him uh, the the girl's name and where she is. And she's at Auburn and everything. And I thought, so what's the reality there? Like he obviously knew him because he Mm -hmm. came to his funeral. And I thought maybe he was like an alcoholic. And like one night he just went on a real bender and he kind of just sat with him and made sure he didn't harm himself or anybody else. And, and he just appreciated that he never really shared that. And then how would you share that with your kids? Well, yeah. I don't want to go into that kind of detail. So he turned into this monster, mm-hmm. AKA a werewolf. And, you know, I, and I think that that's where a lot of the stories kind of go is it's a lot less interesting to say, yeah, these were identical twin girls. They were attached at the, they were one and they were conjoined and, uh-huh. and it just makes it more interesting um, and I think that that's what he did. He took the, those realities and and turned them into something more entertaining. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I I don't know. I don't know. Well, and we talked last week about coloring. Um, of yeah. Pushball, but the yes. coloring in this is so beautiful. And we talked about how they have those diffuse filters. And every time we have one of those flashbacks, we get kind of this soft filter. And we got lots of soft light. And because it is kind of this made up story but yet still mm-hmm. real in certain ways and that yeah. is really really nice well and whenever they would do that flashback to me what it always felt like is the romanticized memory that people have of the good old days when they talk yeah. about back in the good old days and that's how they picture the past and knowing that's not at all what it really looked like yeah. i'm sure but that's usually the good old days like there was a lot of problems back then. <laughs> There's a lot of problems yeah. now, but right, yeah, yeah, we pick we pick the moments uh-huh. that, that get us through. Like we don't want right. to sit and remember all of. And I do know some people that sit down and all they remember is the bad. Mm-hmm. You can only listen to that like so many times before you're mm-hmm. like, dude, like, did anything good happen? Like, you know. And I just like that this is. Yeah, he can remember all of the times that him and his wife probably got in a fight because he wasn't home. You know, and all of the times that he was depressed in a hotel room because he didn't get to see his son, you know, and, you know, like all of that is reality. But how about we remember, you know, all these other things. And so I just, yeah. Well, if you're, and if you're wanting to connect with your son and you come home, you're like, well, yeah, let me tell you about my business sales trip that I just took. And mm-hmm. I sold this many handy Maddox and I just did this and this and like. Everybody wants That'll to be put a hero to, sleep. to their it's kid. A bedtime story, but like he wanted to make it exciting and different. And yeah, this is one of those movies I've seen so many times. I know what's going to happen, and it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at yeah. all. And when we got to the hospital scene, I was watching it. I was already starting to tear up. Like I get emotional during movies, and mm-hmm. it is 
just who I am. And I've tried to accept it over time, but um, I started getting emotional before it even was supposed to get emotional because I knew what was coming. I knew I was going to get hit by a train and I didn't care. I stood right in front of it on the tracks. Like, Bring it on. Come, on, come, on. come at me. Come at when me, bro. He, when he's like, tell me how it happens. And he's like, I don't know that one, dad. You never told me what you saw in the witch's eye. How does it start like this? And I'm like, just tears just cut. And I'm, I don't, I was a mess. I was gone. <laughs> but I love that scene where he then tells the story like his dad would have told the story. Yeah. And he's like, that's exactly how it happened. And then he goes, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm wrecked for the night. That's it. <laughs> Came over, man. Came over. You can, you can do whatever you want. I need to go to my room. <laughs> Is dad okay? No, I'm not okay. I need to ask dad for like 25 bucks. Let's put big fish on and then just wait. <laughs> there, there are a few scenes that will do that to me every time where I'll just, it, there, that's one of them. Uh, the scene, and this is dumber than that one, I think, but the scene at the end of Return of the King where they're all gathered together and they're oh, all God. bowing to Aragorn. And so the hobbits start to bow and he's like, my friends, I can't even say it. Like, without getting a little bit emotional, my friends, you bow to no one. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I'm wrecked. <laughs> They're just waiting for you. Yeah. What movies he watches tonight? What do we need to ask for? Yeah. So. That's that's how they start, it goes They me. start putting it up on the board for you. Like, big fish. <laughs> I'm sensing a recurring theme, but I'm not mad about it. Yeah, I don't care. I, but sometimes you like to feel those kind of things. And yeah, it's good to put on I a movie so. that you know. I know when I get to the end of this movie, this is how I'm going to feel. And See, I, and I'm that way. We've talked about it before on the show, but I was recently on um, Matinee Heroes, and we discussed Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and that's to me is the one where I'm like, I know I'm going to be a wreck, but you know what? I am okay with that. Yeah, and same exact exact thing. You're, there are yeah. certain lines coming up where you're like, Oh, this is going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Oh, it hurts. And but you're still okay with it. Yep. Yep. And that's, and that's this for me. So, and, and speaking of that, I just want to bring this up totally off topic. I mm-hmm. do not think Jim Carrey should retire after Sonic two. I definitely think he needs to do something else and then retire. I am fine with him retiring and saying he wants to be an artist and he's put in his time and he's done his work. I'm not saying that Sonic two is a bad movie. Right. I'm actually supposed to be watching it in about 30 minutes, but I'm not going. Um, but I don't think that's what he should that end is, his career on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I would agree with that. Um, however, I don't think Jim Carrey cares. No, I don't think he cares at all either. Like that's, I think he's in a really good place in his life Yeah. Um, where he just, I've done my time. I've put in my work. I have what I need. This is what I want to do now. I want to paint um, and I'm going to have opinions about things and I might share them every once in a while but uh yeah that's just my opinion so uh i know that he, you know tracy if you can get on that and uh do something you call about your friend jim <laughs> oh, hey. jim jimmy tracy jimmy. here just one jimmy. more just one more movie just, just one, more. one more after that the, yeah well, but then he'll probably pick something totally 
it'll be Dumb and Dumber Three or something that nobody wants or asked for. No, no, go back to Sonic. Go back to Sonic. Yeah, and then we'll all be like, he should have just stopped with Sonic Two. <laughs> all right, Jim, do whatever you want. I respect you. Yeah. You're fine. I I really like Jim Carrey. I think he's an interesting yeah. individual, and I think he has made some um, interesting decisions in his life. But I kind of respect that he kind of just is who he is, mm-hmm, and yeah. I think that that's really cool. Yeah. Well, and I get um, the feeling that you and McGregor is kind of the same. Like I yeah. do too. He yeah. is just going to do what he wants to do. Like, and I, I think it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see him come back. I'm so excited. Obi-Wan. Have Wait. you guys watched the new Obi Wan trailer that came out this last week? I haven't caught it yet. I haven't yet. Okay, I'll post it on. I mean, it'll be past, past, but I'll post sure, it sure, on sure. our Facebook. Yeah, page. I haven't, I haven't seen the new one, but, but I get the feeling like he's like, I'm going to choose the roles that I want to do. Not because I need to, not because my manager's making me, not because I'm trying to stay in the spotlight. Like, I'm going to do the stuff that fulfills me as a human and as an artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome. And I'm glad he's, that one of those roles is Obi-Wan. Yeah. And he's worked with some of the great directors like George Lucas, Tim Burton, Danny Boyle. I mean, the list just goes on, but it's crazy. Um, I was thinking last night, while watching this too, it kind of reminds me of his performance in Dr. Sleep, mm-hmm. uh, which is the the sequel to The Shining. Mm-hmm. And just that he is just such, he, like he just fits that role. Like he just, it's like a hand in the glove. Like you can't imagine that character being played by anybody else really. Yeah. And yeah. I get that feeling with a lot of what he does. Yeah, I was going to say that is a lot. I mean, that's a lot of his career. I feel that mm-hmm. way with Obi-Wan. I love Alec Guinness. I mean, right. I, no no shade or or anything there but the way you and mcgregor played obi-wan like that was the obi-wan i wanted and you're like yeah. you know what i could see you becoming that yeah. Person. yeah 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 but like now i wouldn't mind if they just remade episode four with him as obi-wan don't do it george <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't put that i, I take it all back <laughs> i take it all back we're now gonna be like trent just you, somebody needs to hashtag what he said because now we'll be on all of the fanboy like yeah. sites. They'll be watching. They might hate us, but at least they probably already numbers. think it's happening. We, we they probably already think it's happening. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> if, if you go to fanboy sites, Kathleen Kennedy has been secretly fired, and mm-hmm. they're retconning all of the sequels and all this other stuff. That there's zero <laughs> evidence to support. Yeah. I just can't. Get, I can't go that far into the interwebs. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's a dark of the Star Wars universe. That's what that is. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's give this one a grade. I, I'll start I started this time last time. If you want. I'll okay, start. go for it. I'm giving this one an A minus. This is a A minus for me. Um, I I do. I have seen this movie over and over. I will probably. I mean, I know I will watch it again in the future. It's not like an every week kind of movie, but definitely at least once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like you can. It holds up for sure, but I do kind of feel like you know that this wasn't made right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but for me, it, again, it, I think it's Tim Burton's uh, best direction. Um, I think it's probably, um, it's a really great collaborative cast for me. And visually, I just like, it's it just makes me feel everything. Like Jake said, just talking about it. I feel mm-hmm. what I feel when I watch the movie and that doesn't often happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Coda is like that as well. Like we talked about Coda and when I talk mm-hmm. about some of the scenes, when I try to explain to other people why it's such a good movie, I can't get through explaining 
the scene when the dad is watching her perform, like right. I start getting to just because I know how I feel in that moment makes me like those emotions. And so there aren't very many movies that do that as you just explain them to people. And I think that this one is that for me. So it's an A minus. Awesome. Nice. Nice. Um, I'll go. This, I, I, I like Burton, but he's not one of my favorite directors. And we've discussed that before, but I do think that this is probably his, his best work. Um, I like the fact that he's very subdued in this. A lot of the performances are subdued where it could have been like this wacky, crazy, and it's got this bitter sweetness to it, um, which I love. I related to it, like I said, on a different level um, than when I when I first saw this film because I have changed and grown and my relationship with my father's changed and grown. I'm going to go with a solid B. Um, th this isn't one that I would like need to put on all the time, like Val said, and maybe not even once a year, but it was a nice revisit. Um, and I have a much better uh, feeling towards it and understanding that I, that I did. So thank you for picking this one. This was a good one. Um, I, there's no way I can be objective about this one. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you that right now. I love this movie so much. Um, if I could give it a grade, what I picture is the scene in a Christmas story where the teacher starts writing on the board, a plus, 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 <laughs> that would be my, I mean, I just love this movie that much. Um, I mean, I feel the same things I feel every time I watch it. Um, I think there are so many depths and layers that it just, every time I watch it, I think more deeply on it. And um, it makes me want to be a better father. It makes me want to be a better son. Um, makes me want to be a better husband in many ways. Like it just, I don't know. It moves me in ways that a lot of movies can't and don't. And so for me, this is an A plus if yeah. I'll say an A, cause I don't know that we do a pluses, but I it's up there for me. You I'm doing okay a plus story a plus 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 yeah, so, yeah, yeah. like all around we, the we create our own rules because this is our show that's right <laughs> oh, that's right it is our show and i'm gonna throw it out there that next week we should talk about a knight's tale okay oh man i haven't seen oh that man i would love <laughs> to talk about that one that is probably uh oh his name's escaping me now not heath ledger the the he plays Vision in the yeah. interview. Oh, Paul Bettany. Yeah, Paul yeah. Bettany. This is my favorite Paul Bettany role. And I we don't care. see his butt in this movie. We Maybe we should put butts back to back his we butt. Can, we can compare his butt to Danny DeVito's <laughs> butt and see who's got a better butt. We'll do a and poll. Then, we'll do a poll. And then the week after, we could, do, we could do uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or really any 1990s Kevin Costner movie and compare mm -hmm. his butt to Paul Kevin Bettany's Costner butt. Costner really and, liked showing off his butt in the 90s. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. On that note, thank you so much for watching and listening. We appreciate your support. Uh, you can leave us feedback at podcast at movies that make us.com or on any of our uh, social media sites. We'd love to hear from you. Um, who had a better butt? Danny DeVito, Paul Bettany, let us know in the comments. We want to know. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we won't see you at the movies. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.